When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. It's a bonus episode. Gosh darn it, I love me a bonus episode. That that was sloppy syntax. Pretend it was deliberate. Um, Have you ever thought about a career in the wellness industry? I would say there's probably a strong chance that you have. I am experiencing this with friends, friends of my wife. More and more people want to know how you get a career in wellness. So we were going to do a chat with Lauren Arms anyway, because I went to a recent well-to-do event and thought, why have we not had Lauren on the podcast so we had this booked in for a while and then during, <laughs> you'll hear it in the conversation. Um, I think like the day of the chat or the day before Balance and Well To Do had teamed up to organise an event. But I, you'll hear during our conversation about halfway, maybe even two thirds of the way through, we bring it up and go, oh, is it, I'm not even sure this has been confirmed yet. So what? So the, the podcast chat had been booked in for a while and then an event was an absolute no brainer. You, you you hear it happen live in the chat. Uh, anyway, so you can get tickets. We are doing an event with Well To Do. I mean, it's it's an absolute no brainer, isn't it? Given what balance is all about, and given uh, what Well To Do are all about, an event with these guys makes total sense. Gosh, it's sooner than I realised. <laughs> Wednesday, the eighteenth of September, six thirty p.m. arrival. For a 6.45pm, and, I, and, I, and it says sharp here in brackets, so buy shots, don't be late. 6.45pm start. Where? Great question. Fora, there's loads of them. Yeah, wait for it. 71 Central Street, London. So much, I'm giving you extra deets here, but it helps. You want to type this into your phone and all that. It, look at me trying to sound young. <laughs> into your smartphone. Uh, EC1V, space, 8 a B. Does your mum do the phonetic alphabet as well? Is it? Is it's not what it's called. Is it called the? Is it called the NATO alphabet? Anyway, E C one V eight A for Apple. It's not. It's not the official one. B for Bravo. That is. Uh, yes, and this is a, It's a. It's a, An hour of inspirational and practical talks, designed to help. Sounds like I'm reading it. <laughs> Spoiler, I am. Designed to help you get a fulfilling and passion-led career in wellness. 
hello. It's an opportunity to meet and connect with like-minded individuals and inspire. Hang on a minute. By the way, the podcast is with Lauren. Don't worry. It's not just me advertising. <laughs> God, a minute. Can you imagine? Click. No, thanks. Uh, it, it, we'll get to Lauren in a bit. I'm, I'm giving the hard sell for the event. I mean, it might be sold out already. But uh, anyway, you can get tickets at... Oh, this URL is so long. The shorter one, welltodoglobal.com slash events slash welltodo hyphen partner hyphen events. By the way, that was the short one. Uh, the long one... But why am I saying this out loud? I'm sure I'm going to put, I'll put the URL when I put the podcast up as if anyone is listening to this with a pen. Yeah, I want to get this, uh, I want to get this URL that's a hundred characters long. I'm not even going to read out the other one because it's so long. Universe.com slash, no, 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 no good can come from me completing that. Uh, anyway, uh, Wednesday, the 18th of September, I would strongly recommend it. Uh, and as I say, if you're thinking about the wellness industry, you know, you, you have a passion for it, as we often say on this podcast, if you have a, have a passion for something, it's probably the thing that you should be trying to pursue a career in. Uh, so yes, Wednesday the 18th of September. And now I'm going to chat with Lauren, who was wonderful. Oh, and Australia hadn't yet quite beaten England in the cricket. They have now. Um, so yes, Lauren Arms, what, what an absolute ubermensch liked her a great deal one of those people when you meet them they are pure sunshine they they emit they just radiate sunshine and she's definitely that person she's she's living this wellness life it's her career um it, it's it's in her dna it's it's who she is and her honesty her integrity her passion it really shines through i really you can, you can probably tell I really enjoyed my time with Lauren uh, and it was really lovely to chat with her. So here she is, Lauren Arms, the founder of, of Well2Do. And I think that if if you want to find out more about working in wellness, you're going to really get a lot out of this chat. So in fact, this is probably the sort of chat where a, a, a pen and a pad might help you. Uh, so here is the, the wonderful Lauren Arms of Well2Do. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's always, it's always, I'm always, as, as a man who is not tall, to meet someone who is uh, at least three feet taller than I am, was, <laughs> it was, it was a pleasure. So Makes me sound like a giant and I'm only six foot ten forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my career as a jockey is going Five, five well. foot ten. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, well, you, just, you know, straight off the bat, huge congratulations with everything. Um, can you just say a little bit about how, how well to do came about? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, uh, it's a force of nature now, isn't it? I mean, the... I was at the event recently. Um, well, actually, one thing I did want to say to start off with, if you told me maybe five years ago that this was going to, probably even less than that, that this would be the topic of a, a, a podcast and we were talking about yeah. something like this, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Whereas now, if you have the slightest interest in the world of well-being and beyond, what we're going to talk about feels vital and mm. essential, doesn't it? Mm. Um, have you, what have you noticed... Uh, what sort of change have you noticed in recent years? Yeah, well, I think um, to your point, I started the business five years ago and I'd moved to the UK. I'd been um, in the UK living in London, um, having come across from Australia and been living in this city for a year at that time. And uh, just for me, seeing a lot of what I had considered an inherent part of my lifestyle growing up in Australia, i.e. kind of wellness in inverted commas. Sure 
really becoming quite a segmented and um, and structured marketplace in the UK. And I guess in what I mean by that is there were cold-pressed juice bars opening, there were um, boutique fitness studios opening, the, the likes of Cycle on Mortimer Street was opening, and there were there was sort of this really dynamic conversation happening amongst a small community of people yes. about wellness and living the wellness lifestyle. And I remember um, sort of telling my my boyfriend at the time, you know, his his parents that I was starting this business writing about the wellness industry and they had no idea what I was talking about. And for them, it was like, do you mean like spa or massage or hypnotherapy? Like it was sort of the alternative therapies were the yeah. things that came to mind. And now when you talk about wellness to, you know, a stranger on the street, they will have some sense of, you know, I was in an Uber the other day and he was telling me about how he goes to yoga and has his, you know, chia smoothie in the mornings. And this is a mid-50s white cab driver in London. And so over the last five years, I suppose it's become nothing short of prolific. It's a conversation that's being had by everyday people and i and i think that's fantastic because we need to respond to the crisis that is our healthcare system and lifestyle disease yeah but it's been very trend led and um the exciting part of that for me and in terms of what we've built with well to do is that my passion is the intersection of wellness and entrepreneurship and there are some tremendous opportunities for people of any ages to turn a passion a personal passion for wellness into a into a business proposition and that drives growth of the industry that creates more accessibility for people when it comes to wellness products and services but it's also an incredible industry to work in to um, either run a business or to find a career in and that's our mission is to really make that really easy for people and it becomes easier when it's a topic that people understand and that is becoming more mainstream in that respect. And the timing right now could not be more perfect, could yeah. it? I mean, the, you know, I work at Balance and I'm, I'm going to kick into full-on Balance mode here. But, the, you know, the line that you often hear is that this is now a multi, not a, it's not a multi-billion dollar industry anymore. It's now a multi-trillion dollar. Yeah. And it's only getting bigger. So... Um, 4.2 trillion 4.2 is trillion. that number that gets banded it's around. It's true, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, like... is, 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 that, is that number accurate, do you think? Because I always come across this... Magical four point two trillion. Yeah, look, the uh, the Global Wellness Institute puts out a report uh, a report every year, and they break it down into every single subset of wellness. And actually, if you were to go through all of those categories, it's not surprising that it's that big because it includes beauty, anti-aging, right through to corporate wellness, nutrition, supplementation, fitness, food and drink, um, wellness, travel, um, beauty, technology, and almost wellness is sort of um, is a touch point for basically every industry in the world today. Yeah. Um, so it's then no surprise that if you were to add up all of those subcategories and sub industries, that kind of four point two trillion is is a huge number, but yeah. is reflective of that. And it's nice too when you think about the fact that that's a bigger number than the pharmaceutical industry, and it's sort of like we're who you know we're we're going in the right direction. We're thinking more about preventative health than we are about treating. Um, symptoms in that respect in, in the time you've lived over here in uh, in blighty have you outside of wellness but you know if you're quote everyday people i think of like my mum my and dad that sort of thing yeah have you really noticed more and more people embracing this kind of 
life? Because what I mean by that is, I mean, I'm, I'm 41, and so when I think of the, the stereotype of Britain maybe 10, 20 years ago was, was the rain and it was grey and it was fish and chips and it was cups of tea and all that, whereas now, as you say, my dad might go do yoga or my mum <laughs> will have a smoothie. Uh, what's that been like for you as a, again, outsider, if you like, you know, an Australian in, in, in Britain? Yeah, I, I would say... Um you know that it is much more mainstream generally yeah and and social medias have been a big driver of that because in it's, a good way yeah, yeah it's created visibility over a certain lifestyle choice and sure that's kind of defined in a lot of ways by consuming particular products and services and there are some downsides to that you know what we don't want is for wellness to have a sort of look and feel to it a sort of brand to it that you're either in or out of because there's an accessibility issue around that and I suppose it's sometimes difficult for me to see objectively because I'm so ingrained in the industry and perhaps you find the same sort of thing that you you think it's quite common for people to understand that meditation is good for you and that you know thinking about supplementing your diet is is sort of a common sense thing but it but it isn't and we need to remember too that you know we're sitting here in in a recording studio in central London where we're in this urban bubble of kind of wellness activity mm. with lots of accessibility to brands products services etc um you know i wonder if you were to go into more regional areas of the uk and frankly even australia that there are still you know there is still an obesity crisis there is still a crisis of high stress and stress-induced lifestyle disease. So somewhere there's somewhere along the line, there's still either a disconnect um, or a lack of accessibility. Um, so it it all these sorts of things generally start as an urban trend, right? And it's cool to be healthy. Um, and then I suppose there have been some phenomenally successful brands that have allowed some of those trends to filter out into yeah. more of the mass market at a lower price point and. I guess D sort of uh, or sort of breaking down that that perception that a wellness consumer as a stereotype is a white female um thin urban dweller you know what I mean the I'm not doing so much that my head's nearly falling off the, here the Absolutely. social media pin-up girl yeah. of wellness who's just spent uh, a thousand pounds on a quartz roller for a Cheat. you know that yeah, it's that sort yeah. of thing it's and 150 pound leggings and <laughs> 30 pound yoga class and actually you could do yoga for free with youtube you know yeah. wearing whatever you like Absolutely. that's not the definition of wellness but it there's an industry there so it can't be ignored if i could have reached i would have uh, lent across and high five you there because <laughs> I, I i couldn't agree more but i think that's um that is a wonderful and important thing that wellness you want as many people to know that wellness is is as accessible as it as it needs to be. You know, if you you don't technically need the yoga mat, but you can buy one for a, a few pounds, and mm. you know, if you want to make your own smoothies and juices, it's it's relatively inexpensive to to do that sort of thing, isn't it? Right. I mean, eating healthily is as simple as just eating whole foods. It, it doesn't need to be complicated. Um, yeah. But that's not to say that if you're passionate about it, that it's not interesting to explore some of these other more interesting elements and complexities of of wellness and kind of personal optimization and you know yes. living a healthy healthy life. How, may I ask? How did you get into it yourself? Was it were your parents uh, interested, or did you? Was it 
Were you a self-starter? It's funny. I, as I said to you before, I didn't realise that I was into wellness until I moved to London and started to meet people and, and they'd say, oh, I'm into wellness. And I'd say, oh, me too, you know, and it's this weird kind of community connecting conversation. But in, you know, looking back, my my dad grew organic vegetables in the garden. My mum, you know, I was the kid at school who had no junk food in a lunchbox, much to the jealousy of, uh, or for me, of my, my classmates. I didn't um didn't eat junk food as a kid we would we were talking about this in the office yesterday actually as kids we went to mcdonald's once a year and it was similar to some for some of my colleagues it was like a special treat it was um yeah i suppose living a healthy lifestyle for me as a young age was being outdoors being quite active australia is an active nation we play a lot of sport we swim we surf all of those things absolutely so it didn't have the wellness um headline attached to it but it was eating good uh food you know eating a balanced diet exercising or playing sport i suppose more specifically um and then I suppose coming to a city like London, you realise that that could have a brand and a look and feel and an industry attached to it. But I suppose how I got into it is just... By being Australian. Yeah, just just growing up eating a a healthy, balanced diet and being active as a kid. And I guess the thing... And I'm a huge sports fan, and there there was a time... I mean, I don't know when... Depending on when this goes out, we may have won or lost the Ashes. Who who knows? (laughs) But there was a time where the Aussies... I'm not just saying this, and this is a fact, whether 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 I like it or not, and I don't like it, the Aussies used to hammer us all the time. Yes. And an excuse we'd always come out with, oh, well, their weather's nicer than ever. <laughs> so, but we really had to, we we as a nation really had to up our game, and, and I'm so thankful that we did because things are getting a little bit closer. As I said, I don't know how the Ashes are. It's more fun for the Aussies too. It's more level playing field, right? It is, because it was, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember, I mean, the 80s and the 90s, it was we just get marmalised, you know, and not just in the cricket, you know, across virtually all sports. Is it, is it something that comes more naturally to the, the Aussies? I think of someone like Greg Norman as this strapping, he's like a surfer dude, but yet built like a Greek god. Um, it, it, I guess it's just part of the Aussie way of life, isn't it? When uh, when we were in Australia earlier this year with my fiancé and uh, we went to drop my niece and nephew off at school and... When we arrived, they sat down on the concrete and put had their hats on and got their uh, lunch boxes out and had fruit morning outside before school. And Jamie said to me, you know, like, this is so weird. Firstly, they're sitting outside, they're eating fruit before school, they've got their hats on. And I said to him, there's a policy in Australian schools, which is no hat, no play. And it's, yeah, I think the weather has a big part to play in it because as an Australian child from the age of four and five, like you are, you're outside, you're running around, you're kicking a ball, you're playing cricket. Sure. Girl, boy, it doesn't matter. You're part of the kind of sporting culture. And that has a lot to do with, you know, then growing up as an adult, being interested in being active. And I suppose there are other elements of it too. You know, if you spend more time outside, you probably wear less more of the year and therefore you're probably more conscious of, you know, your physical health and body. And there's an aesthetic sort of standard. I grew up on the Gold Coast. So, you know, everybody's sort of ripped and bronzed and... The closest I got to that was Scarborough. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was neither ripped or bronzed. (laughs) No, sure, absolutely. Um, I interviewed Chris Hemsworth for, for Balance and I picked up a similar vibe from him. It's, it, I guess it's almost ingrained, isn't it, in the best way? Yeah. Whereas we're, you know, we're learning and we're, we're trying our best, gosh darn it. But I, I do think, I mean, it's been lovely to see um, 
this industry grow in the way that it has, certainly in the time that, that uh, Balance has been going. Well, well, may I just say, I mean, talk about Nostradamus, your ability to have that idea five years ago and have it in the most organic way possible. I mean, the timing, you must pinch yourself sometimes, mustn't you? Yeah, I think it's funny. When I started Well To Do, I was I wanted to start a business in the wellness industry. I was in a corporate job. I wasn't satisfied. I didn't have a sense of fulfillment. And I thought to myself, okay, what am I passionate about? I, I want to start a business. I, I want to create uh, you know, a, a career that I am excited about and, and I wanted to be my own boss. And when you then go through that process of thinking, what am I passionate about? And wellness is one of those ideas that pops up. Um, I went on this journey of kind of uncovering my big idea, again, in inverted commas, sort of like I want to start a business, so what's my big idea going to be? And when I started, um, I suppose, networking, meeting other people in the industry that were starting businesses in that period of time five years ago, I realized that, you know, there must be more people like me, and lots of businesses start like this, right? It, you sort of think there must be more people like me who want to be talking about starting a yeah. business in wellness, whether that's fitness or or natural beauty or healthy food. And, and I'd worked in lots of different industry sectors before, construction, mining, you know, um, engineering, um, architecture. And within all of those industries, there are industry communities hubs events places where you can get together with your peers and colleagues and even competitors and talk yeah. about what's going on in that space and wellness didn't have that and, and it certainly didn't have it in the UK um and i think that's you know while well, i'd been producing some content around this conversation of the business and well of wellness for about 6 months and and then I thought, you know what, you know, maybe an event makes sense here. Let's have a conversation in person with people who want to start businesses in this space. And so I asked Ella, the founder of Deliciously, Ella, will, yeah. you, will you come and share your business story with an audience? And she hadn't been asked to do that before. Um, and she was still quite green, but she kind of got up on the stage with me and we talked about how she had accidentally started a business and 150 people showed up. And for me, that just cemented this, you know, demand for inspiration, insight, you know, into the trends that are driving this space. At that time, it was a small community, but I think they were so passionate, this community, that they just wanted to spread the message. And social media has enabled that. The fact that a lot of these people have gone on to create incredible businesses in the space and proliferate the message um, was not something that I expected but in some ways you know it was an upward trajectory and so I knew that it wasn't going away I think at the time people thought it was a bit of a bubble that might burst as as most absolutely yeah sure often start That's right. as. Mm. um and it hasn't there's been the wellness fad you know people would actually say that wouldn't they you know yeah. this, this won't last and the media you know perpetuated headlines like you know backlash against clean eating and and I get that because there's a lot of fluff and nonsense that can you know pr proliferate this industry too but fundamentally it's just full of really good people who are passionate and want to turn their passion into some, you know, exciting aspect of the industry to enable other people to access wellness as well. And also the reason why it's not a fad is because it's actually a way of life. Right. You know, I mean... That's good for you. It's a good way of life. It's a good way of life. You know, it's a great thing There's to no get downside. into. There's no downside. There's no downside. It's not like um, getting into a, a hobby that you you might... You know, like taking up the guitar that you're going to stick in the loft after, you know, a couple of yeah. weeks. This is a thing that, you know, once you're in it, 
Um, sorry, I'm making it sound like a cult, but you know, I mean, once, <laughs> yeah. once you're in it, it you know, it's it, it's just a wonderful thing to to stay in. Now, the reason why I went slack jawed as you were talking there is because a lot of people, when it comes to starting a business, they talk a great game. And that's not a criticism, that's just that's just a fact. And we think, oh gosh, but the risk and what if that happened and what if oh, and before you know it, you've you've then talked yourself out of it. What was it about you that was able to not only have the idea but to actually see it through? Because you know, you if you had a, a corporate job, the easiest thing in the world would, would be to have earned that the, the corporate salary, you'd have had a great life, but maybe not the life that you perhaps could have had given you've done what you've done. But what what made you take that leap? Because I'm always in awe of people who have the 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 courage to, to see mm. it through. I, I often say, because I, I coach a lot of um, particularly female founders in this space who are at that stage where they have an idea and aren't sure necessarily what the next steps are to take. And I think, to your point, you know, I could have stayed in that corporate career. And for some people that may have been easier, but yeah. I... I think I actually got to a point where I was more afraid of staying in that job than I was of taking the risk and starting a business. So you have to get to that point where the fear of staying where you are is actually greater than the fear of figuring out the unknown of this mysterious goal and enigma of kind of growing and and, and cultivating a successful business. And I just remember sitting in my swivel chair in my nine to five job and quite honestly looking at my company director and thinking, I, I don't want to be you in 10, 15 years time. And but this is the trajectory I'm on. So something has to change here. And to be fair, it was a point in my life where I had very little to lose because I was living in London on a two-year visa, had an option to extend that visa if I if I wanted to, thanks to my Welsh grandparents. Uh, and, and so I was coming up to the end of that visa period thinking, do I either go back to Australia and continue this corporate career or do I take a risk and actually start something? that uh, excites me and and that will fill my career with that sense of passion and fulfillment. Um, and so you start and you're naive. And, you know, for me, that, inc- that involved launching a really crappy WordPress website with a logo that I made in Microsoft Paint, for anyone who remembers that. And, and that was step one. And so often we get caught up in not knowing how to tackle step 25 when actually all you need to to be focused on is taking step one and so many people let that unknown uncertainty you know doubt around their ability doubt around their skill set or or whatever other limitation it is to stop them from just getting started and I think when you face the worst case scenario head on and actually imagine what that would the implications of that would be for your life if you were to take that step it's so often not as bad as as you think. Yeah. And yeah. and so my argument to myself was just just give it a go. What's the worst that could happen? That you'd have to go back and find a job that, you know, very worst you'd have to go and move back in with the parents in Australia and I did have to make some massive sacrifices. I I wasn't able to live in the lovely townhouse that I was living in in Chelsea. I had to move out to Surrey and actually lived with my parents' boyfriends for six months, um, uh, boyfriend's parents. And, you know, that was what I was willing to do to change my professional trajectory. And, And, yeah, you have to take that risk or else you stay where you are and nothing changes. And also, if you're in a job where you can't sleep the night before because the very prospect of going to the office is making you ill, you're getting stressed, you know, we've, we've all got stories like that. That it, When you put it like that, then 
I don't want to say no-brainer because I know it is a risk, but nevertheless, when you think it through, it, it, it just makes... I mean, even you just saying that, it just makes so much more sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, at the time, too, really enjoyed listening to stories of failure, which sounds a bit sadistic, but I, I like listening to those entrepreneurial stories and finding out that most entrepreneurs had no idea what they were doing when they were starting out, and that kind of validated taking that yes. risk as well. Because you see so many sort of successful startups and it looks like an overnight success. But I think it was Biz Stone, the founder of Twitter, who said it takes 10 years to to create an overnight success. And that's the misconception sometimes that, you know, um, if you don't have it right tomorrow or you're not a multi-billion dollar company with a, an IPO pending, then you, <laughs> you ha- you're not a success, you're a sure. failure. And actually, it's the joy of figuring it out and allowing yourself to overcome personal hurdles and challenges and limiting beliefs and facing the fear and saying, okay, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. That for me is the most exciting part of building a business. And really, it's it's meant to be fun in that respect. Um, And you go through this process of not being so hard on yourself, um, which when you're kind of type A personality is is difficult because you know if you're willing to start a business, you probably you're probably also the type of person who has a high expectation of yourself, and actually you have to allow yourself to be you know a little less of a perfectionist and be okay with being a beginner and getting some things wrong along the way. Do you, do you have a favourite story of a, a, a failure that might inspire? Um, of my own journey personally. Oh or... gosh, I didn't mean yours. I mean, <laughs> you reach over and slap me across the head. No, like, uh, was there was there someone in? Uh, I know you quoted the Twitter guy, but was there a, a big business where someone had actually tasted failure and then bounced? Yeah, back? yeah, for sure. Someone that inspires me greatly is Sarah Blakely. She's the founder of Spanx, um, which for anybody listening and knows of it, she she's a self-made billionaire, which I think is an interesting concept because I don't think anyone is necessarily self-made. She hasn't taken any outside investment um, for the business, so she wholly owns the brand. But I think self-made is sometimes a bit of a an oversell because we, we all have mentors and people who support us and incredible teams that help build businesses. But um, she... You know, she had so many knockbacks when she started Spanx. She had so many, particularly middle-aged men who'd ruled the the underwear garment industry for so long, saying this is not a thing, this is not going to work, this is, you know, this is how we've always done it. And so we we oh don't need gosh. you coming in here telling us sure. that we need to change it. Um, you, you woman talking about your woman's underwear. Right, what, exactly. What would you what know? Would you know? <laughs> uh, and and I like too that for the first few years of her business, she was still working part time as a door to door saleswoman. You know, yeah. like she was selling, I think, fax machines or whatever it was. When you read stories like that, when you're a young entrepreneur working away in your bedroom at, you know, a a crappy desk with no one around you thinking, is this ever going to work? Those stories just, they just ground you in, you know, I suppose an acceptance of this being part of the journey where it's messy and chaotic and you don't have balance in your life. You know, you're not going out with your friends. I didn't get a haircut for a year. I was struggling some months to pay rent. I remember tapping my debit card on to catch a train and it being declined. It's like, this is pretty dire. Sure. But you then hear those stories and you think, well, this is kind of what it looks like, you know, and I have to be okay with this and know that. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. It's going to be worth it, um, which is why entrepreneurs always say you have to be passionate enough about this that you can get through those dark times. Um, and when things aren't going right, when you know you almost lose everything or those sorts of stories you hear as well, that you're motivated enough to, to pick up the pieces on the other side. I was watching um, a program last night. It was this Jamie Oliver's story. Sure, yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, he was... In May, wasn't it, that he yeah. was faced with um, liquidating the, 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 the Jamie Oliver restaurant business? And you think that's that could be, in many people's eyes, perceived as a failure. But he talked about how much he'd learned from that. And it was heartbreaking. But on the other side of it was an enormous amount of personal growth and reflection on the joy of what that had represented in its time of success and that things sometimes have a season. Um, so those stories are, are important to listen to when you're thinking about starting a business or, or in the throngs of it because it reminds you that it's not meant to be easy or otherwise everybody would do it. And a recurring theme on this podcast as well is, is this word passion and that there was a school of thought that you, you got a steady job uh, and pursue a passion. No, 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 that's crazy talk. Um, but it would appear now that pursuing a passion is actually really sensible of I mean I've got two young girls I mean I'll, I'll be drumming it into them as soon, as soon as they're old enough to listen to their dad probably about another 20 years but you know pursue something that you're genuinely passionate mm. about because it, it makes all the difference in the world doesn't it were you told that when you were growing up absolutely not <laughs> no. I feel like I may have been in a generation where it started to shift so um you know I got the sense I, I was of... in the, sorry I was in the just to be clear I was in the you get a steady job right I, that, that, right I'm of 
my parents are quite. I'm not. I mean, you know, I love them dearly. I've just been for a meal with them, um, but they're quite. They're quite old school. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's to be expected from a yeah. generation where there weren't as many options as there are now. You know, like your parents weren't given the option of being a YouTube celebrity. You know, or no, a, no, no, no. God, you know, goodness knows what. Yeah. Um, but I think I recall my parents being quite candid with me about not necessarily loving the work that they did. They, my my dad was a headmaster and my mum was a school teacher and. I know my mum had other aspirations for her career and my dad too was an incredible artist but didn't necessarily pursue that. And so for me growing up there was, you know, um, a bit of an internal struggle because, you know, I think still there's pressure to be successful and if you define success in in when you're at school it's probably become a lawyer or a banker or a whatever else, you know, go to university. There's a systematic approach to it. Um, but at the same time, I think we are given so much opportunity in the society that we live in and so much freedom to start a business or to work freelance or to work for a business whose values we're aligned with. And and that's kind of our mission with well-to-do careers um, is enabling people to work for wellness brands in jobs that are quite conventional. So if you're a marketeer and you work in an industry that doesn't necessarily light you up, why not use those skills in a company whose values you, you are aligned with and work for a brand in the wellness industry? Yeah. And so we're giving people an option that you don't necessarily have to reinvent yourself to do something you're passionate about. And you certainly don't have to start a business. Um, that An easy option is to look at what you're already good at and say, where can I add that value um, and kind of break down almost the job job title and remove that and say, what am I good at? What are my skills? And where could I add value in an industry that is doing good for people? And wellness is kind of that industry for me. Well, to, to go, I'd like to go into full well-to-do mode, if that's all right with you then. Yeah. So people will be listening to this, Pitt, there will be a, you know, a lot of people passionate about wellness, wanting to find out more, maybe even wanting to get a, a career. I mean, you know, you, you name it, um, you know, even people who, may know very little but would like to know no more so what would what would they do how can you help them maybe they're a, maybe they're a individual maybe they're a small business maybe you know and so on could you just please explain how you the elevator pitch <laughs> absolutely but by the way the elevator we're not only going up a couple of floors you can this you can you know it can be like charlie in the chocolate factory this can go up and you know take as long as you need is what is what i'm saying i'm not i'm not gonna be going yeah we're on the fifth floor now that's enough you know? brilliant um <laughs> I suppose, yeah, I've shared some of my story. So that is a bit of a foundation for our mission, which is to help people to build incredible businesses or careers in the wellness industry. Um, So that started out with events and content through our website, which was here's all the information that you need to be a successful entrepreneur in the industry, to see what else is going on, to see what's driving trends, to see why consumers behave the way that they do and how you can best respond to that as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in, in that guise also, I work as a business coach. So I work one-on-one with with um, business founders. So many of them female, not for any particular reason other than there are lots of women who want to get into this industry and start businesses. Yes. Um, and so we run, uh, you know, upwards of 10, 12 events a year, very much focused on B2B industry insights. You can come along and listen to inspiring stories from very successful founders in this space. We run a conference once a year and that's kind of the pinnacle event for us, the Well-To-Do Summit. 
Um, and then off the back of that, as we got to know our community, a lot of businesses come came to us saying one of the hardest parts about growing is hiring. So we've got this incredible product and service that's going to change the world. We need people to work for our business who are behind that, who are going to naturally be ambassadors for the brand, who are going to perpetuate our message and kind of live and breathe it. And we said, great, we hear you there are actually a growing number of people out there who are going along to festivals and immersing themselves in the culture of wellness and the lifestyle of wellness who, you know, might spend £300 a month on various boutique fitness studios and healthy eateries and go to work on a Monday morning to a job that they hate and there's a disconnect there. Because I think a lot of people come to the wellness industry through food or exercise or yoga or meditation and there's an unraveling that happens where they realize, okay, I feel a bit better in my body now. I feel good. I feel healthier. But there's some other thing that's going wrong in my life, like I am in a toxic relationship or I have a job that I hate and I have to go to work for 50 hours a week and do something that either potentially you don't hate but just doesn't give you a sense of purpose Mm. um maybe that you're content in your job but there is a yearning for something more and so that was the kind of flip side of the coin for us is we wanted to match these brands who were doing good and wanting to create a, a global impact in the wellness industry with this group of people who are naturally immersed in it are very talented and and qualified and are looking for a more purposeful job. So we launched Well To Do Careers. Um, And so, you know, you can go to welltodocareers.com and work for incredible brands like Balance and like Planet Organic and Lululemon and Peloton and Fit and any number of innovative, cool brands that are just doing, doing cool things in wellness. Now I'm not saying that you I'm not I'm not asking you to pat yourself on the back but I do I'm a big believer in smelling the roses. Have you have you been able to afford yourself that moment where you say I'm getting emotional saying this I've done a good thing here. This is a this is a really beautiful thing that I've not only am I associated with but I actually launched myself. Sometimes. <laughs> I was two uh, steps away from going you, you go girl but you, you know <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh thanks James. I I think it's true, and, and I say this to clients, so I need to kind of take my own advice too, that it's so important to celebrate the successes along the way, yeah. be it big or small. And, you know, I remember when we had 100 people visit our website and that was like the most incredible thing ever. And, you know, and then you start to achieve some bigger and better and more exciting things and you start to build a team. And, you know, it excites me that I'm able to have a team of people that work for well-to-do that I've enabled to do something that they love and they and they candidly tell me that they love their job and I never told my boss that in my old job. So it feels really nice that I've created something that supports um, the livelihood of some people in the world, a small group, um, that they get to do something that truly lights them up and make a difference. And it's really exciting to see... You know, a great example would be one of the first events we ran five years ago. Two girls sat in the front row and they came for, you know, that series of events that year. And then they said to me, oh, we're launching a brand and and their brand is now the Squirrel Sisters and they have this awesome product and, you know, it's in supermarkets nationwide. And it's just one of many examples of, you know, of young entrepreneurs who came with an idea or an inspiration or a wanting to, to do something 
you know, bigger and, and actually launched it and made it happen and turned it into a success. And that's just exciting to Gosh. watch and to see, you know, come to life. That must, I mean, that's, that must be incredibly gratifying. Yeah. Is a part of you like, yeah, I mean, don't get too successful. <laughs> Definitely I, not. I saw a documentary about Genesis and uh, I remember, uh, when Phil Collins did some solo stuff, I think it was, if it wasn't Mike Rutherford. Anyway, one of the other members, they said quite candidly on the documentary, they were like, I wanted him to do well. I didn't want him to do that well. <laughs> you know, he was like the biggest star on the planet in the mid-80s. Um, may I ask, um, what sort of stuff do you do on a daily basis um, for your own well-being? I I love variation, so I'm I like the idea of routine, but it I get bored easily. So I, I'm to be honest with you, I'm I'm the absolute same you? as well. I, yeah, yeah. I, Rather than I've got to go for a run, or I've got you, you've got to mix it up to yeah keep it interesting. You know? So I'm not a sort of like this is my morning routine. I get up, have hot water and lemon, and meditate for twenty minutes. Do some journaling, you know, go for a run, whatever. I like mixing it up, yeah. you know. Um, and what's your, I, what's your favorite at the moment? What's your favorite thing? So I, I recently have kind of embedded myself into this little local community gym. Actually, their tagline is "We are not a gym," so I shouldn't say that they're a gym, but it's just a little sort of boutique studio. And um, I live in Surrey, so it's it's local to me. It's five minutes from my house, and um, and I've been doing some strength training. So I've actually been lifting weights for the first time in my life and they've made it fun and kind of demystified it. And you hear a lot that, you know, people go into the gym and have no idea what to do. It can be intimidating or threatening, particularly, um, women. And yeah, so I've really enjoyed kind of getting into a bit of a, um, into a routine with going and, and being part of these small group classes. Um, I, I did uh, a Vedic meditation course last year with the London wow. Meditation Centre. And it's great, you know, it's great having that toolkit and it's st- stressful at times running a business. So it's great to know that you can anchor yourself in this practice and I'm not perfect at it. I don't do it twice a day seven days a week. Sorry, Gillian, if you're listening, you know, this is, <laughs> this is the goal, but I, it's nice to be able to tap into it. And I think for me, wellness and balance is about having a toolkit, you know, um, some days I use a tongue scraper. Some days I don't, you know, some days I drink coffee for breakfast and other days I have a chia pudding with berries and coconut. And sure. it's not about for me getting it perfect. It's about, um, being, in a good relationship with healthy living so that if you, and this is obviously, you know, not for everyone, but if you want to go out and have a burger and a beer with, with your friends, you can do that. For me, I like to have that ease in the relationship that I have with achieving balance so that it's not something on my to-do list that I have to check off um, or feel bad about if I don't check off. So, I mean, Sophie, the the, the founder of Balance, her big thing so I I don't drink, for example. I've not drunk for eight and a half years. But but Sophie's thing is what you're saying there. The, the reason why it's called balance is balance. If you want to have that glass of wine after work, then mm. go for it. You know, yeah. you probably you might do the yoga class the next day. Um, what what else do you do for balance? What's the stuff that you do that you shouldn't do? I, I mean, to explain. When I go to the cinema, my wife will always say, you're not having large nachos. And she knows the answer is, yes, I absolutely am. <laughs> um, what, what else do you do in that, in that regard then? I love a burger, love sure. a beer. I'm an Aussie, so love a beer. <laughs> <laughs> love a cold lager. The beer's not cold enough in England, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> 
I, yeah, like I'm, I'm like such an extremist. So if I open a packet of hobnobs, I have to eat the whole packet. I can't just have one or two, which is so frustrating. Um, my fiance doesn't drink. So that like you, it's, um, how does he find it? He, he's never really been a drinker. So I feel he's he describes kind of when you go through that period of being a young person, you don't necessarily even like the taste of alcohol, but you kind of just drink it because everyone else is drinking and you push through until you acquire a taste. He sort of says that he just didn't bother with that and he doesn't oh, really enjoy alcohol. So it's easy for him, I would say. He just doesn't really appreciate drinking. He doesn't have a, a, a struggle with it. So for me, that's changed my drinking habits. It means we can go out and I... He's not drinking, so I, I probably won't sure. either. Yeah. Um, but you know, equally, I I love a gin and tonic. Um, I love a glass of wine, and frankly, you know, like I I can be pretty um, hit and miss, I suppose, with my my fitness. But this year, I've really gotten into it, and it was one of the things that kind of fell off the bandwagon for me in the early years of building a business. You just think I don't have time. Yeah, I don't have time to I'm go too busy. To the gym. Yeah. But I've um, rekindled my love when, of just feeling fit this year. Because once you find the fire, it's amazing how you magically find the time, isn't it? Yeah. Because that, that was my excuse. So I've been freelance for about three years. And my line with my wife would always be, I mean, I'd, I'd love to, but I just don't have the time. And then, of course, when you, you know, oh, so someone's suddenly free on a Tuesday morning to go swimming. Yeah, um, you've exactly. Got to, you've got to make the time. Um, at, at the moment, there's several things that I've read, people I've interviewed um there seems to be growing evidence that the thing that will hopefully save us all is community the power of community uh there's an excellent michael moore documentary on netflix called fahrenheit 11 9 mm. and it, it's it, I, I cannot recommend this film enough i don't know why it, it didn't it, i don't think it did as well perhaps as some of his earlier movies I, it really stayed with me and the the message of hope he had was about the power of individuals coming together, creating these communities and, and helping the greater good. I've had a couple of interviews where I've picked up a, a very similar vibe. And I think well-to-do is a similar thing, isn't it? You've, you've got these like, you're getting these like-minded people together and the impact, as, as, as we're proving, as you're proving, is, uh, is profound, isn't it? Yeah, I think people crave community and yes. I I grew up going to church and I grew up knowing the value of a community of like-minded people. And I think um Me too. Yeah, that that yeah. instilled in me a desire in my adult life to replicate that community in different ways um depending on where in the world I was living or whatever else. Yeah. So inherently when build, building well to do, I knew that community would be the heart of it. Once you get a group of people together with the same objectives, with the same motivations, with a supportive mentality, you can create incredible change. And it's difficult, though, because monetizing that can sometimes be quite challenging. You know, if you're um, an, uh, if you're passionate about connecting people, it's it's an interesting dilemma to kind of figure out how to turn that into a commercial business. And that was my thing. I just wanted to plug people in. I wanted to say, hey, James, like, you should definitely meet Sarah. She's got this business idea that would complement what you're doing so nicely. Yeah. You should do something together. Um, and I suppose we've achieved that through our events and through, um, you know, our online courses and communities and, and things in that respect. Um, but that 
yeah, that is what has the power to change the world, people coming together and making small steps and, and daily discipline changes that will impact many. I think it's interesting seeing that now with this climate conversation that's happening, it's sort of an undercurrent of people getting together that's and right. saying, okay, this might not be the mainstream headlines right now, but there's something going on here and we need to bring it to the surface. And social media is a great driver of that conversation. Um, and yeah, I'm a, a big believer in community, and I, but I don't think I realized it until you know, in my adult life, I, I recognize the value of what I had as a, as a child growing up in community, um, yeah, based religion, I suppose. I must say to our listeners, I urge you to, to check out uh, Well To Do. Uh, Lauren is a, a wonderful host, incredibly charismatic. I'd watch you talk. If I could pick a person to talk to save my life, you'd be Ooh. on that list, my friend. <laughs> um, Underwater with a mouthful of marbles. <laughs> My gosh! Um, so, what what else can people check out? The there's the website, socials, anything else? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, well to do global is our main site. If you're looking for a career, it's well to do careers dot com. See, I imagine as soon as you say that, people will be scri- <laughs> genuinely people will be Good. scribbling that down. We um. If you don't know what you want to do, but you know you want to get into wellness, we have an awesome online course <laughs> so as well. So common that, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> so called, it's called Work in Wellness. So we've designed it for someone who has no idea what they want to do or where to start, but wants to get into wellness, and we hear it a lot. I so. hear that a lot. I hear that a lot. You people, you know, might be at a wedding or, or a, a party or what have you. And Because uh, my, my wife, she, I mean, she, she actually, she's like the ultimate balance super fan. You know what? I hope her boss isn't listening to this, but I think she should perhaps uh, <laughs> enrol in the course. Might have to, might have to edit this bit out, depending. Anyway, but um, one thing I do hear a lot anecdotally is is, is people saying, "Gosh, I'd, I'd love to work in wellness," and then when you mm. push them, doing what? I'm not entirely sure. Well, I don't know when this is going to air, but we have an event, Well To Do and Balance are collaborating for um, a career-focused event in London in uh, October. I think do you know is. roughly the date? Oh, it's. Well, the reason why I ask is I'll make sure we get it out before that. Oh, it's the 18th of September. 18th of Sep- The event is the 18th of September. So it probably won't go out before then. I can it? get it out as a bonus episode. Yeah, so... Let's um, do that because it would be daft not to put okay. it out, wouldn't it? So it's the 18th of September. I'm keeping all this in, by the way. In... <laughs> <laughs> 18th of September. In London at Fora. Um... Now, in Lauren, in our defence, dear listener, the... the, the pen ink is still wet on yeah. this particular as i was leaving the office i got a tap a literal tap on the shoulder <laughs> oh you better know about sorry what so the fact so this is hot it's off happening. the press isn't it you know it's happening so it's the 18th of september yes and uh you can find out how to kickstart your career in the wellness industry that's exciting it's gonna be a great evening i, I mean i, I I'm mindful that I work for balance, and I that I turned into I turned this into an advertorial at the end. I, that absolutely was not the intention. We've had this booked in for a while. I've got very defensive towards the end of this podcast. Um, anything else to add, Lauren? I think that's it. I think we've, I've covered everything, haven't I? Yeah. There's no. There's no. I was going to say there's no worse feeling. There are lots of worse feelings. But if you sat on the tube home and you go, I don't believe I didn't ask about. Oh look, there's always more, isn't there? There's always more for that sure. we can talk about. But I think. Uh... I've said enough. <laughs> you, you've never said enough. I nearly quoted REM then. I had to stop myself. Um, you know the song I mean. Thank you very much, Lauren. Huge Thank congratulations you. with everything. Thank you so much, Total, James. total Likewise, mensch. Likewise, balance is a dream. It's exactly what London needed. 
Sophie will thank you forever. We'll put that on a poster. Uh, take care. Thank you so much. Huge thanks to Lauren there. If this is the first time you've listened to the Balance podcast, um, sorry for banging my bottle on the desk there, I would advise you to have a look at our back catalogue. Episode one, Ricky Gervais. Uh, that came out smugger than I thought. I'm so sorry. Uh, but you'll find people like Ricky Gervais, uh, Fern Cotton, Dane Jess Ennis, one of my favourites, Patricia Arquette, Chris Ackerboot. And there's, there's heaps and heaps. Uh, I hope you enjoy. I've, I've, I've missed saying my catchphrase with the same level of gusto. The the, the old catchphrase, was, I mean, it's barely a catchphrase. It's a shameless plug. So drop me an email. <laughs> it is not a catchphrase. Uh, podcast at balance.media sales that's the key bit sales for sales it's sales at balance.media thank you to those of you who uh, responded to my plea of leaving a five-star review god bless you five-star review a positive little write-up it all helps with the charts and the algorithm and all of that Uh, thank you very much as always Uh, we'll see you on monday god bless you And again, if you're an atheist, bless you. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.